One of the greatest obstacles to crafting health and wellness is identifying and controlling inflammation. It's at the core of all complex and chronic diseases, and it's the driving mechanism that underlies the most common symptoms that people like you struggle to overcome. Join us as we explore cutting-edge science and research to give you the information and tools you need to create the quality of life you want and deserve. And now, here is the host of Inflammation Nation, Dr. Stephen Noseworthy. Is that thyroid hormone sufficiency or deficiency um, can impact weight loss simply by modulating energy output. Uh, and that's by changing your basal metabolic rate. Remember, thyroid hormones dictate your basal metabolism, and that accounts for roughly about 70% of the total calories that you burn throughout the day. But as it relates directly to fat deposition or fat burning, thyroid hormones play a couple of roles in modifying the activity of a couple of enzymes that are involved either in increasing fat formation or increasing fat burning. And obviously those are two opposite procedures. And in general, things that increase your fat burning potential simultaneously decrease your ability to make body fat and vice versa. And in that vein, there are two enzymes of interest that we wanna talk about today. One is called hormone-sensitive lipase, that's commonly abbreviated HSL, but hormone-sensitive lipase, which helps break down body fat in your fat cells, and then you can use that fat for energy and burn it. And there's another hormone uh, that basically does the opposite, and that is lipoprotein lipase, and it creates body fat. And so these function as antagonists to each other. One increases body fat and the other decreases body fat. And so we have studies in the medical literature going back some three decades or so that shows that when someone has low thyroid hormones, that the activity of the lipoprotein lipase is increased. And that means increased fat formation. And improving thyroid hormone status decreases the activity of this lipoprotein lipase, which then reduces fat formation. And that obviously is a good thing for someone who wants to lose body weight, specifically body fat, is we need to manipulate or control or improve the balance of these two opposing forces, one that increases body fat and the other one that decreases body fat. But I don't want you, I don't want you to get the impression that you're either only making fat or breaking it down, as if they're mutually exclusive, because they certainly are not. And in fact, you are doing both all the time in some balance that means either fat gain, fat loss happens in terms of a net result, or we end up with a net zero where they balance each other out. And so for every amount of fat you gain, you actually burn the same amount. And so nothing actually changes over time. And really what we're interested in is we're interested in the balance of either making fat or burning fat. Again, over time, that's of the greatest interest because it's the averages of, say, daily changes in function that sum up over time to give us something that's actually meaningful. So in that, with that concept, you know, you can understand again that if an increase in fat formation is matched by an equivalent increase in fat burning, everything ends up staying the same and there's no net change in your body weight. So it's about trying to push or control these enzymes uh, 
and obviously there are other mechanisms, but we're just talking about the enzymes and thyroid hormones at this point. And so again, what we're looking for is to accomplish a relative shift in the favor of fat burning over fat formation. Or to say it another way, we're looking to increase the activity of hormone-sensitive lipase and decrease the activity of lipoprotein lipase. And it's not a, a complete shutdown. I mean, this is we can't shut them down completely. That, that would be physiologically impossible. So just like lipoprotein lipase increases fat formation, again, this other hormone called hormone-sensitive lipase breaks down fat so we can get rid of it and then use it as a fuel source to give us energy to sustain our basal metabolic rate and also to give us the calories that we require for whatever our general activity is, including exercise programs. And to that end, it might surprise you that thyroid hormones like T3 and T4, while they are associated with a decrease in the fat-forming enzyme lipoprotein lipase, are not really associated with an increase in hormone-sensitive lipase, which is associated with increase your fat burning. But that doesn't mean that the thyroid system does not have an impact. In fact, what the studies show is that there is a connection between your thyroid-stimulating hormone, or your TSH, and the activity of the hormone-sensitive lipase. And here's why this is important. If you are someone who's on thyroid hormones, for example, more than likely the medications that you're taking are driving your thyroid-stimulating hormone levels too low. And that's easy to pick up just by doing some simple blood work. And in fact, in many cases, the TSH level is so low in some people that you lose the impact in supporting hormone-sensitive lipase and you compromise your ability to use fat as a fuel source. And this very low thyroid-stimulating hormone or TSH level is a very common laboratory pattern in people who are taking thyroid medications, particularly those who are on synthetic T4 meds like Synthroid or Levothyroxine. And so on one hand, if you have thyroid issues that haven't been diagnosed yet and you are truly hypothyroid, or if you're taking lower doses than you need when you're taking medications, basically you can't control fat formation. And if you're on medications and taking too much and it drives your thyroid stimulating levels down too far, then you can't activate your fat burning mechanisms through hormone sensitive lipase. Basically, it's a lose-lose situation, which is why it is so critical to have a balanced thyroid system. So as it relates to thyroid and weight loss, here are the bullet points and the key things to remember. Number one, you need adequate thyroid hormones in your system, whether you make them or take them, in order to sustain a normal basal metabolic rate and energy metabolism to burn enough calories to make a difference. You also need adequate thyroid hormones like T3 and T4 to suppress fat formation to a certain degree because you're not going to shut it off completely, nor would you want to. But you also need a normal TSH level to support your fat burning mechanisms. And again, these are very common disruptions in thyroid hormone physiology when people have undiagnosed or poorly managed thyroid conditions with or without medications. So whether you look at direct mechanisms or indirect mechanisms 
you need thyroid balance, thyroid hormone balance, and control to lose body fat. Now, before we close this episode, let's talk about the autoimmune aspect of thyroid issues, which, to be honest, probably that in and of itself deserves its own mini-series or perhaps a macro-series. But I believe I've already, I've already shared with you guys here at the Inflammation Nation that almost all cases of low thyroid are caused by autoimmunity. It's called Hashimoto's hypothyroidism. And the number is upwards of 90 plus percent, and some estimates put it at 95 to 98 percent of all cases of hypothyroidism are due to this underlying autoimmunity. And while there are other, there's a handful of mechanisms by which someone can become hypothyroid through autoimmunity, but ultimately the most common reason why this happens is that some carries a, someone carries a genetic predisposition and then something happens to trigger that genetic potential to activate their autoimmune mechanism where the immune system then starts to attack and destroy their thyroid gland. And more specifically, the immune system attacks the cells in the thyroid gland called follicular cells, which are responsible for making your thyroid hormones. And somewhere along the way, what ends up happening is that the immune system destroys it enough thyroid cells that they simply can't make enough thyroid hormones to provide good basal metabolism to keep their cells in their entire body active at the same level of output and the same level of function. But if the drop in thyroid hormones from autoimmune destruction isn't enough, I mean, that by itself is bad enough, the inflammation from the immune attack in the autoimmunity itself is perhaps worse. And what's more, when someone goes on thyroid medications because they have become autoimmune, I'm sorry, they become hypothyroid because of an autoimmune mechanism. And even if the medications correct your thyroid levels, the thyroid medication themselves and having normal thyroid levels on lab reports does not dampen your inflammation and doesn't change your autoimmunity to any great extent. Now, to be honest, there is a slight modulatory effect of thyroid hormones on the immune system. And for some lucky few people who have all their other systems working pretty well, thyroid hormones are probably sufficient and they do quite well. But for the vast majority of people, that's not the case. And this is a problem for a couple of reasons. Number one is that inflammation can prevent normal thyroid hormones or hormone levels from having their desired impact at the cellular level through multiple systems. <clears throat> so for some people, their labs look good, but they still have unresolved thyroid symptoms. They're still tired. They're still losing their hair. They still need more sleep and they're still gaining weight, or at the very least, they're not losing it. But more than that, inflammation from the autoimmunity has a predictable impact on fat cells themselves, which, after all, are living cells that have certain functions just like every other cell in your body. And the inflammatory impact on these fat cells causes the fat cells themselves to become inflamed. Now, there are other aspects of different types of fat cells like white adipose tissue or brown adipose tissue 
and either the browning or what we call the beijing effect. And that's perhaps, again, a different topic for a different time. But what we do know is that when fat cells become inflamed, several mechanisms can cause it. We're talking right now about autoimmunity and the inflammation that comes from that. But when fat cells become inflamed, they begin to secrete hormones and inflammatory chemicals on their own that are linked in the medical research to things like obesity through several different mechanisms, including the promotion of things like insulin resistance. And we just spent an episode or so talking about insulin as an obstacle to fat loss. Plus, the inflammation from autoimmunity, in this case, also increases fat cell hyperplasia. And what that means is that essentially fat cells get bigger. And bigger fat cells get filled with more fat and can store more toxics, toxic chemicals, which again is a topic for a different episode. I know I keep saying that, but there's, gosh, there's so many things that we could and eventually we'll talk about. And so if you haven't guessed yet, all of these issues are interlinked in these interdependent vicious loops that become self-perpetuating. Plus, each of these obstacles that we've talked about, we've talked about insulin and we've talked about thyroid at this point, these things can coexist. And in fact, studies show that about 50, 40 to 50% of women with thyroid issues also have blood sugar issues or other hormonal imbalances like polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS, which is mainly driven by high blood sugar and insulin surges. And so as we close, I would encourage you to not think in a monolithic fashion where you're looking for one singular reason why you're not losing weight the way that you want to. It's almost never one single thing. More than likely, you are not losing weight the way that you want to because there are multiple obstacles that are interlinked and interdependent. And as often happens with these interconnected problems, each obstacle promotes the next and it all feeds back to the first one where you end up with this interconnected series of obstacles that are all promoting and perpetuating each other. And so ultimately, at the end of the day, what most people need in terms of trying to figure out the complexity of the obstacles that they're trying to identify and overcome, people who have difficulty with weight loss need to have someone who can look at their situation the right way, run the right tests for them as individual people, interpret those tests properly, and translate all of that into some kind of a personalized approach to their ideal diet, to lifestyle modifications that would be appropriate for them, as well as nutritional supplementation programs that are all tuned to them as individual people. After all, there are no one-size-fits-all. If that was true, we'd only ever have one diet book. <laughs> we'd only have one book on supporting Hashimoto's, for example, or supporting insulin resistance. There would be a handful of supplements that everybody uses to improve their health and they all get the same outcome. But of course, that's not what we see. All right, next episode, we move on to the next obstacle, 
which is an increased inflammatory load. So stay tuned. Thanks for being here. Hang out till the 100th episode and beyond here on The Inflammation Nation. Thank you so much for listening to The Inflammation Nation. If you found this episode valuable, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Be the first to know when a new episode drops so that you can stay on top of your game. It also helps others like you find the answers they need. And why not head over to my main website, drnoseworthy.com, that's drnoseworthy.com, to explore my personalized functional medicine coaching programs, submit a question to the podcast, maybe take a quiz, or even reach out to me using the contact form that you can find there. We'll see you next time.